Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So the other day, I was on with my friends Andy and Randy, 92.9 The Game. I make an appearance with their show every Tuesday afternoon. I always enjoy that. Great guys. And Andy, I believe it was Andy, uh, asked me a question that I thought was really interesting, and it was probably worth having, having a conversation here a little bit about there as well. What Andy said is, with Nick Saban stepping down and retiring with the at the time uncertain future of Jim Harbaugh and total confession here we're pre-recording this show you know that so if Harbaugh has taken an NFL job uh, we don't know at least I don't know that at the time of recording but the point is it seems like Harbaugh could be on his way there we definitely know that Nick Saban is retiring and so therefore if you think about Kirby Smart as college football's top coach we have who is the closest to being where Smart has been? And I would say at first blush, what's interesting about this is is that the category of other top coaches seems to be about as, I don't want to say barren necessarily, but it's it's certainly a shorter list of truly proven elite coaches than it's perhaps been before. Now, resume-wise, Dabo Swinney has a resume that would make him one of the best coaches in recent college football memory. A couple of national championships, a relative fixture in the college football playoffs for a good number of years. But in terms of where he ranks right now, would you want this guy coaching your team? It seems like the answer is not. In fact, when Alabama had a coaching opening, Swinney, a Bama grad, got very little in the way of what seemed like real conversation there on that that his coaching star seems to have fallen a little bit that Swinney has a great resume but I don't know that people think of him as a great coach here right now there are other coaches who are sort of on the rise Dan Lanning when you look at Oregon we've said before we think that Oregon could perhaps be the best team in the Big Ten this season and they could be among the very best programs in the Big Ten now moving forward there's a lot of really good things happening in Eugene Oregon but honesty compels me to admit that while I believe that Lanning is very much a coaching star on the rise the truth is he had two cracks at Kalen DeBoer at Washington this past season could not win either game so in terms of the big win that proves the coach on the rise to this point in time, Lanning really hasn't gotten that. Steve Sarkeesian seems to be more fully cemented at Texas than he's been in the past. But while making the playoff out of a pillow soft Big 12 is something of an accomplishment, the truth is they didn't win the game when they got there. You know, Kalen DeBoer obviously got him there as well. So while it seems like Sarkeesian could be on his way up, we don't fully know that yet. And maybe it's just DeBoer, you know, the guy that Alabama hired. They hired him for a reason. These wins that he's collecting against the likes of a Dan Lanning or the likes of a Steve Sarkeesian or others, perhaps this sort of leads you to believe that he is ready to kind of take that next step and prove that he is one of the very best coaches in college football and that certainly could happen based on the wins that he's gotten but in the SEC it's about more than just kind of outsmarting your opponents you've got to put a great roster together you know Washington's 2024 recruiting class was like top barely top 30 or something like that thus far you know they have not really had you know the kind of great recruiting success a so-called national power should probably have so how does that translate to the SEC we are very much in kind of a wait and see mode on all of that we just don't know that it seems like for now as has been suggested that not only is Kirby Smart college football's top coach but the actual 
competition to join him in that category the same way that Kirby's kind of been right there with Nick Saban the last couple of years and Dabo soon when he was kind of right there and you've had a handful of guys kind of right there for a while at one point time Jimbo Fisher was right there now he's fired so this stuff all changes very quickly of course but it seems that at least for now that you've got a Kirby smart at the top and I would say that it's not obvious that anybody else is all that close to him Ryan Day was close with Kirby on the field in the Peach Bowl of 2022 but in terms of the overall leadership of the program I think the day's leaving a lot to be desired to add another name in this discussion so that's where things stand right now now what I find to be fascinating is this think about some of those names I just mentioned in terms of competing with Kirby to be the very best coach in college football I mentioned Dabo Sweeney's name I mentioned Steve Sarkeesian's name I mentioned, uh, you know, Kalen DeBoer's name. The names that I'm mentioning of guys who are vying to be best coach in the sport alongside Kirby Smart. Do you know what all three of those guys have in common? Just picking those three here for a moment. DeBoer, Kiffin, not Kiffin, DeBoer, Sweeney, although I guess Kiffin could perhaps be a part of this too, uh, Dabo Sweeney, Steve Sarkeesian. Do you know what they all have in common? they're actually all on Georgia's schedule for the upcoming season. That in this uh, race to join Kirby in the sort of elite category of great coaches in college football, all of these guys are going to have their crack head-to-head against Kirby. I didn't really mention Kiffin before because I don't really think he deserves that, but that's a coaching matchup that takes place this season. Dabo Sweeney, Kirby Smart, that's a coaching matchup that takes place this season. Is Dabo still worthy of being in a category like this? Well, on the field, his team will have a chance to prove that for him. Kalen DeBoer, can he do in the SEC what he's done outside this league at a place like Washington? On the field in his first SEC game in Georgia or against Georgia in Alabama, he'll have an opportunity to prove that. And can Steve Sarkeesian carry his success over that he had kind of kicking around the soft and sort of uh, lame duck Big 12? Can he do that now in the SEC? Once again, very high profile game in October uh, against Kirby Smart. He'll have a chance to show what a good coach he really is. I just find that to be fascinating that not only does it appear that Kirby Smart stands atop the rest of the college football world with no perhaps rival right now in terms of the sport's greatest coach overall, so many of the other coaches that would vie to be in that spot you know, right now they get that chance to perhaps take him on head-to-head here this year, which kind of bolsters the point we made a lot throughout the week, which is this 2024 season for so many different reasons is going to be truly fascinating. Now, let me make one more point on this. I want to shift gears and talk about something completely different. Just like with Dabo Sweeney, who at one point in time, two-time national champion, you know, perennial playoff team, thought to be among the very best coaches in all of college football now we're not quite so sure that's the case the 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 news cycle spins fast and what we think one minute we can sort of change our mind on the next minute and Kirby Smart's also been the beneficiary of some of this kind of stuff too and I just think this is really interesting at a time in which we're now saying going into the 2024 season that not only is Kirby Smart the best coach in college football for now there may not be anyone who's close well it wasn't all that long ago that you know and this, to be frank, was also silly at the time, but nonetheless, it seems remarkably silly now, but it was only a couple of years ago prior to a big game against Clemson in 2021 that people were wondering, well, would Kirby Smart ever break through? And are we sure Kirby Smart's a good coach and all of this and all of that? 
it's just amazing how quickly all of this can change and as a reminder of that let's hear paul feinbaum feinbaum speaking before the 2021 season about the stakes for kirby smart going into that year the pressure he was facing to prove that he actually really was this good coach that people thought he could be to be fair we laughed at this at the time but we're laughing loudly about it now here's a reminder of just how quickly kirby smart has changed his coaching reputation paul feinbaum from 2021 in spite of this chatter out there about Kirby Smart, and, and, and I've heard it and you've heard it, you know, this, you know, Ganey Sheridan was on our show the other day, and he picked, uh, he picked Georgia to make the Final Four, but he said, if they don't make it this year, you know, when, when, when will they make it? I'm not, I'm, I still think the overall record there is, is, is exemplary. Kirby Smart just needs to, to quiet down that, that conversation out there that, that he can't, uh, that he's not a great on-the-field coach. And, and whether he is or isn't, I, I, it will continue to be debated. But, but I, I think his record is pretty good. So that's where we were before the 2021 season. If Kirby Smart don't win a national championship now, when is he going to do it? That's where we were like a couple of years ago. That's where things stood. And, well, not only did Kirby win a national championship, he won another one after that. He's poised to perhaps win another one here in 2024. So things change. And if you're a Georgia fan, you have a chance to look around and say, you know what, I like how things have changed. But it's also important to keep this in mind here, too, that things around Georgia also have a tendency to change as well. For the moment, the next great coach in college football, not obvious who it is. Could be Dan Lanning. We're not sure. Alabama fans say it's Kalen DeBoer. We'll find out. Steve Sarkeesian, after a couple of different stops where the head coaching results weren't quite what that you know employer perhaps would have wanted, maybe Texas is finally the place where it all falls together. It's another reason why the 2024 season is going to be so fascinating. Right now, Kirby doesn't really quite seem to have an obvious rival the way that Nick Saban was as the very best coach in college football. But that's not likely to last very long. Eventually, someone will emerge. Is it someone who emerges from the schedule that Georgia's playing here this year? Only one way to find out. Watch how these games play out a little bit later on this fall. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans presented today by Kroger. Good to have you with us. Last pre-recorded show for us, maybe for quite some time, because when I'm back Monday, it's at least some form of a new studio. Back live, doing the show, hopefully. Knock on uh, this synthetic wood uh hopefully so in some form or fashion back live again having a great time with all of you we are looking forward to all of that and of course new studios and fun ways of delivering the show and all of that made possible by our friends at kroger i'm so thankful for all of them i want to remind you that as you kind of move through this time of year where it seems like first part of the year everybody's got so much going on so you want to save money everybody wants to do that you want to save time of course that's a really good thing to do there as well and the membership option from kroger known as kroger boost is a great way for you to do both of those things the reason why is because when you are a kroger boost member you can take advantage of free grocery delivery that means you're not schlepping all over town you know getting your groceries the folks from kroger bringing those right there to you who wouldn't love that but when you do have to drive around and go places the gas that seems to always be going up and all that well at kroger the stuff that you're already buying at your local kroger anyway when you're a kroger boost member you're going to earn twice the fuel points for being a part of the kroger boost membership so it's a great way to experience this so go to kroger.com boost to learn more about that today that's kroger.com boost 
and you can experience all of the great things that the membership opportunity from Kroger, known as Kroger Boost, provides for you. So make sure you check it out, Kroger.com slash boost. You can get more information on all of that. It is a Friday for us. That means Jeff Sintel talking George recruiting here in just a moment. Jeff has a very strong statement to make in a couple of minutes about a terrific 2024 Sunny for the dogs that could be ready to break out here this season. I think you're going to really like that from Jeff. We're going to get to that here coming up in a moment. Quick reminder from us as well in a minute here about a fun opportunity you have to join Jeff and get all your recruiting questions answered on board our Dog Nation cruise, and someone's going to win a chance to be on that. We'll give you that here coming up in just a little bit there as well. But prior to that, how about around the doghouse? And it's poured today by our friends at the Finish Long Drink. And I mentioned 92.9 The Game, the sports radio station in Atlanta off the top of the show a little earlier. I want to look at something when Kirby Smart was on the Steakhouse the other day, something that Kirby kind of talked about. We haven't really had a chance to address here as of yet, but I do think it's kind of interesting. Kirby's concern for the sport is going and his idea about how perhaps you could bring a little bit more roster certainty for coaches who are dealing with that. And we've all laughed at Kalen DeBoer dealing with that at Alabama. And yet it's also a factor for every coach in college football. Coaches do take this seriously. And so I want to run through a couple of the things that Kirby Smart said about this in the aftermath of a game in which, you know, Florida State lost by 10 touchdowns to UGA and Kirby after the game said that, you know, he didn't like this part of the sport here right now and the sort of craziness that's taking place during that time of year. Uh, Stake Shapiro, the host, uh, gave Kirby Smart a chance to sort of expand on that opinion the other day. This is what Kirby said when he joined the Steakhouse about kind of where he sort of sees the sport going and perhaps where he sort of wishes it would go in maybe a different direction kirby from 92.9 the game you know a lot of people think that it's it's good for kids to have so many options i i tend to to disagree that the that you know what 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 wears on so many of our players and players across college football is what else could i be doing where can I go and get immediate success? And where is the best pathway for me? When a lot of times um, the best pathway is, is right where your feet are. And if you have the thought in your head always that there's grass greener on the other side, that impacts you. It impacts you academically. It impacts you emotionally. It impacts your mental health because you're constantly thinking about the alternative. And uh, I don't, I don't know that right now um, we're in the right place when, when, when guys can you know, transfer twice and they can go two times a year. Um, that's a lot of doubt. As coaches, we really just want to know what our roster is going to be for a year. Total candor here when Kirby says, hey, we're giving these kids too many choices, at least paraphrasing that's sort of what he says. That doesn't sound great in everyone's ears. I totally understand this. But this is where things, I think, kind of come back to a point that I've tried to make in the past is that I believe when it comes to topics like this of what kind of NIL laws and rules should we have? What kind of transfer portal rules should we have? What kind of guidelines should we have for the sport overall? There are essentially two camps, and I think it's important for everyone to know, broadly speaking, which camp they're in. You're either someone who believes that the college athletic system is mostly broken, so therefore should be torn down and rebuilt, or you think the college system is mostly a good and beneficial thing, so therefore should mostly be protected. Like one of those two things, broadly speaking, are the two camps. We don't think we speak about this in clear enough terms sometimes that you can be in favor of some NIL within the confines of I want to protect the college system. And you can be in favor of some transfer portal within the confines of I want to protect the college system, that you don't have to be a total 
uh, I guess, cheerleader for radical change to embrace some newness to the sport without losing what has made the sport the sport. And I would say some element of roster certainty is probably crucial to sort of feel like you have the sport because if you have no rules, you have no sport. And if there are no rules to define who plays for which teams, well, then you really at that point in time, you know, you barely even have a sport anymore. So I think that Kirby Smart is sort of speaking within the confines of it's good to allow freedom for players, but if freedom for players comes at the expense of the sport overall, then that's obviously not a good thing. That's at least what I would say in response to all of that. So when he says the coaches want to kind of know who's going to be on their team, he would also on 92.9 a few days ago go into more detail about exactly what that means, about the kind of certainty you need to have about who we're going to have five days from now five months from now who's going to be here and be a part of this roster kirby smart talked more about that i don't think there's any coach that's saying kids should be able to transfer or kids should be able to make money that's that's all um out there and that's a good thing when it's used the right way it's just unfortunate that it's 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 gone as far as it has because it's, it's led a lot of uh kids to make you know you think they're the best decisions for them but they look back and most of the kids that left our place they look back and say golly coach I messed up. I just didn't know any better. And once again, I think that we can cite some examples of that. Of hey, it seems like the grass is greener. It's hard here. I'm not playing as much, but you know the promise of it being way easier somewhere else, and then rolling out the red carpet. Oftentimes, that turns out not to be true. But the final point from Kirby, and this is maybe the most interesting one. It's a very specific proposal that Kirby Smart offers here, of essentially treating recruits as if they are kind of in either one category or the other of. Are you kind of, and this is not the phrase that he uses, this is just the way I would kind of paraphrase it, are you on the NIL track or are you on the stay here for four years maybe graduate track and letting players decide how they want to be treated? I don't know this is truly the kind of thing that can be implemented, but it is certainly a very interesting idea, once again, Kirby from the Atlanta radio interview. Coaches can also be fired. (laughs) And coaches can be terminated on their contracts and coaches have buyouts um, of which – you know, none of, none of the players have those things. I would be really comfortable if a kid just checked the box before he came to school and said, I'm going to be a, a student athlete on scholarship um, and I get to keep my scholarship for four to five years. Or if a kid said, I want to come in and, and have NIL, which is really pay for play now, but uh, I'm going to have this box, but I also can lose that and, 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 and be terminated. And, and, you know, most kids would choose the NIL path. But you have 15 or 20 kids a year that would say, you know what, I'll go take a pull ride and and take my scholarship and say I'll make a commitment to stay in there two, maybe three years. Can't transfer for those two to three years. And then after you've been in the program two to three years, feel free to go play out your eligibility somewhere else. I appreciate Kirby Smart sharing ideas. As I said before, I don't know if that idea of, hey, you're either an NIL guy and you're sort of the kind of guy that can get paid or get cut or you're the kind of guy that can't get cut. You have guaranteed to be here, you know, what do you say, for three years. But at the same time, you're not really kind of participating in the same level in NIL process. I don't know how realistic that is. Maybe it is realistic. I just don't know. But I at least like the idea that Kirby Smart is – is making these kinds of suggestions offering up these kinds of alternatives here because i do think these are important conversations to be had and i do think it's important for people to sort of figure out which camp they're kind of in are you in the camp of saying that college football and college athletics is mostly good so therefore let's find a way to protect it as we add new ideas into the sport or you're the kind of person that says oh this is shamaturism this is corrupt this is 
coaches taking advantage in an oppressive way over the athletes and so therefore this mostly needs to be torn down we'll try our best to rebuild it but the system as we know it needs to be torn down I would hope that the majority of people aren't in that camp, but when you look at the way in which courts have kind of ruled against the NCAA in recent years, it is certainly the perception of the courts that's where the public opinion lies. So if people don't feel that way, it's time to speak up, and that's what Kirby Smart's trying to do right there. And that is Around the Doghouse, poured today by our friends at the Finish Long Drink. Now, I always speak up when it comes to Finish Long Drink. I love to make that a part of all the great things I have going on. So we think you'll enjoy it there, too. Uh, playoff games coming up this weekend, a lot of fun there dive in and enjoy yourself some finish long drink for all of that for a limited time here in the peach state how about the peach flavored version of the finish long drink that is always a great thing or any of the other long drink varieties the blue can that's the grapefruit flavor the gin kick that's kind of the traditional version of the finished long drink probably still my favorite i'm just sort of a classic guy when it's all said and done how about the long drink cranberry people love that of course long drink strong eight and a half percent alcohol by volume i know some of you like that long drink zero no carbs no sugar after my cruise that's probably what i need to be enjoying as much as i possibly can be either way there is a finished long drink variety for you so make sure you check them out online and find it at longdrink.com for more on that. That is the longdrink.com for more on that. Now, very quickly, one more thing before we bring on Jeff Centel for today's show. A lot of you know, ongoing at dognation.com, we have our giveaway courtesy of our friends at Kroger. Someone and a guest going to be a part of our Dog Nation cruise on board Allure of the Seas in April, courtesy of our friends at Kroger. What an experience this is going to be. So you've got between now and January 31st to do this, but don't delay. Go to dognation.com right now and do it. Give us your information and then tell us your favorite moment from Brock Bowers in a Georgia football uniform. What a cool thing that is. Looking back on the uh, great career of Bowers here at UGA, uh, that will be a lot of fun. And of all the submissions we get, someone's going to be drawn at random random that person and a guest on board with us for the dog nation cruise they're also going to get a hotel the night before in the uh, port canaveral area a gas card to help them with their travel down to port canaveral for that and of course uh, some onboard credit to enjoy there on allure of the seas too dog nation crew is going to be here before you know it someone's going to get their chance to win now if you're already registered to be a part of the dog nation cruise you can also register for your chance to win the dog nation cruise here there as well and if you win we'll just simply credit your cruise fare back to you so you're all taken care of on that uh everyone should try to be a part of this and enjoy the fun but someone's going to be a winner courtesy of kroger to join us along with the guest for the dog nation cruise in april on allure of the seas can't wait for all of that and for now i also can't wait for a little uj recruiting talk as we get ready to say hello to jeff Sintel. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. And here on a Friday, that always means Jeff's intel for us. And even on a week in which I'm pre-recorded, that still remains true. So Jeff, kind enough to share some time with us here. We certainly appreciate that. And Jeff, a couple of issues I want to look at with you and some of these kind of away from recruiting perhaps. But to kind of begin with here... You know, technically speaking, the 2024 recruiting cycle does, you know, stay open for a little while longer. But for the most part, the hay is in the barn for UGA. And I I do think there's an opportunity for some of the guys that Georgia has signed to make that immediate impact here this season. What would be your short list of like top guys from this 2024 class that could make an immediate impact for Georgia as true freshmen? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, I guess you got to start with the, the most talented player in the class, and that's Ellis Robinson. I think 
um, the off-season transfer portals from Nyland Green and A.J. Harris to places like Purdue and Kentucky where they'll likely start. I think it definitely um, definitely helps clear the path. But, Brandon, this, this is a player that didn't need the road graded for him or didn't need the path cleared for him at all. I think he's a special player. We talked about that a lot. Um, the other guys that start flashing for me is i got to include the um, – hopefully the context of your question includes like the transfer portal signees, guys like London Humphreys, guys like Michael Jackson. Um, you know, those are guys that are being brought in here to play right away. Colby Young. I think I get I get some true Lawrence Cager vibes off of Colby Young in terms of what he can give Georgia, especially in the red zone. Um, as far as like the mostly the high school kids, Brandon, I'm not going to be wowed if uh, if Mr. Frazier um, out of uh, Nathan Frazier, Nathaniel mm-hmm. Frazier, even gets a laugh when some people bring up the '90s rapper Nate Dogg. Call him what you want; he just wants you to cheer for him. He loves the support. I think he can carve out a DeAndre Swift 2017 type role uh, on that football team. I really do. He's that talented. He's that just Georgia. If I can use that as a way to describe just the way he fits, the way he fits Adele McGee backfield. Um, those are the, the, those are the elements that you just can't find on the recruiting trail every year. Brennan, he's about 5'10, 5'9 and a half. It's about an inch and a half bigger than Swift was when he was at Georgia. He's 207, 209. Now, DeAndre was about 215, 220 when he got to Athens, but very similar skill set, 10.55 in the, 100 meters, he wants to lower that this spring because he's one of the few non-early enrollees. And running back, we know in the past, that's a place where Georgia players can come in and make an immediate impact. The transition to the SEC isn't as grand, isn't as vast. Uh, I like Frazier a lot in terms of guys that can come in and really uh, freshman class, transfer portal guys. I expect you know, probably the one that I think is going to add a lot of juice to Georgia is the redshirt freshman out of South Carolina, the transfer portal, Xavier McLeod. I think he instantly becomes one of the two or three most talented defensive linemen on the Georgia front, and that's saying still saying something when you bring when you bring back a Nazir Stackhouse, you bring back a Warren Brinson. Um, Xavier McLeod is that talented. He's a former Mister Football for the state of South Carolina. He got to press the reset button on his high school decision, going from South Carolina to Georgia. He gets to redo that one and go with Georgia. So those are kind of the guys that kind of come to mind there. And the other one, Brandon. Uh, defensive line, again, I think Georgia needs to replenish that front. I think it needs to become a source with more exclamation point players. And I really think Jordan Thomas can be one of those guys that helps Georgia by the middle of the season in terms of 2024. So I think Nate Frazier is an interesting conversation here. First of all, you compare him to DeAndre Swift in 2017. I find that interesting on a couple of fronts. A, and this can be a simple yes or no answer, is DeAndre Swift the most successful true freshman running back of the Kirby Smart era? I know that uh, 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 you know you didn't have Zamir playing in 2018. How much did Kendall play in 2019? I don't really remember. Um, is is DeAndre Swift the 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 leading rusher of true freshman running backs in the Smart era, Jeff? I think so because he was number three, Brandon, but he was behind Sony Michelle that's and right. Nick Chubb, and that's a pretty steep mountain to climb there to eclipse those two but he made plays man he made plays everyone will remember one of the signature swift runs was in the sec championship game in 2017 but that was the other point that i was going to bring up is is that while swift was an impact player for georgia that season and really kind of put the sec championship game on ice with the touchdown he was the third leading rusher for georgia that season and 
I guess I have kind of wondered if the uh, actual threshold for Frazier isn't a little higher than that this year, where you know a guy like Trevor Etienne comes in, you know, Florida transfer, you might expect him to have first crack to be Georgia's leading rusher, and then when you compare, you know, Frazier to Branson Robinson coming off injury. Or, you know, guys like Andrew Paul, Roderick Robinson, guys who haven't played very much yet. Do you think there's a chance that Frazier could actually join Etienne as that kind of one-two punch that we typically see Georgia have at the running back position? Or do you think one of the more experienced backs will have first crack at that? It's a good one. Good question. I think it's dependent on whether what we've seen in the past with knees. I'm talking about Andrew Paul, right? You know, the second year back is when you are glimpses of the former Former, you know, self, your former self, your explosiveness, your twitchiness, your cut ability, your one cut and go. I'm going to tell you, Brandon, it might be a really good three-headed monster for Georgia next year because um, another player I heard about really kind of opening eyes and kind of saying people putting their putting their fingers around their chin and going, this guy might have it. The light may have come on. I heard a lot of that about Roderick Robinson at the end of end of this past season, Brandon, it seemed like, you know, he's going to be 5'10", 240. Uh, seems like he kind of figured things out. He was really impressing in those late practices, some of those mm-hmm. bowl practices. And, I mean, that's something I think Georgia fans would love to hear where, like, you got a guy that's that big that can kind of wham on some teams and be that one of those thunder backs. And, you know, when I think of running back, I'm just going to put this in the universe maybe hopefully. So I sure hope we can get – we can get some really good production and improvement and reps for Branson Robinson maybe by halfway through this fall. I mean, that was a crippling injury. Yeah. I don't know if people really get it. And he's another guy, Brandon, that I almost brought up in terms of late freshman year. Branson Robinson was coming sure. on as well, especially sure. TCU. He had those two touchdowns in the national championship game. Kind of hard to argue that bullet point for Georgia freshman running backs with two touchdowns in the national championship game. Brandon, there's only one other one I can think of, and – you know that you know the number of that gentleman as well. For sure, but, uh, way back in ni- 1980, number 34. But I-, I think ETN, I think Robinson, and then I think if it's Frazier or if it's Andrew Paul, I think Georgia's got guys with different gears. Like they can give you that. I think I, I thought of Georgia last night while watching <clears throat> when we were recording this, Brandon, while watching the NFL playoff game. How uh, the Lions had David Montgomery in for one whole series, and then the next series they had. Jameer Gibbs, and those are two terrific, terrific dynamic backs. But it gave a different flavor to the running game and the skill set and the threat level of the offense, depending on who was in there. Uh, how about when you look at Georgia more broadly on the field? And this can be away from recruiting. This can be really anything. One of the questions we're asking each of our guests this week is, what's the biggest unanswered question for you about Georgia on the field for this upcoming season? Ooh, good question. Um, you know, to me, my biggest unanswered question is, is, is Michael Williams going to play like he did in that new role, new position, the whole 2024 season like he did against Florida State? Like, if that's what it is, and he can have an Aziz Ojolari-type impact coming out of that new position, coming out of a position that really fits the skill set well, could launch him into being a first-rounder. I think if Georgia can get that type of production, Brandon, he forced fumbles. He was QB hurry guy. He got a sack. He got to stack up that money on a couple of plays with the Georgia sideline as a nod to uh, Travion Scott and the trench mob. I think for that, I think for him, I think that's really important for Georgia because 
You can add the pass rush. I know people are going to wonder about the secondary with the turnover. Is it going to be uh, who replaces Javon Buller? Who replaces Tyke Smith? Is it Jonel Aguero? Is it Ja'Cory Thomas? Is it uh, Ellis Robinson taking that other starting spot midway through the year? Is Dalen Everett? Um, is Dalen Everett, and then you've got Julian Humphrey, and then you've got Ellis Robinson, are those the best three cornerbacks in the SEC might be? But I think all that starts with the pass rush you might get from 15, 16 games of Michael like we saw against Florida State. And then, Jeff, the last thing for you is, is we're also taking some time to reflect on what we've experienced for UGA. Special time in this program's history. In fact, the most special of times in this program's history. A 29-game winning streak coming to a conclusion. We all wish it would have lasted longer. Uh, but obviously it's the longest streak ever in the SEC, and it included two national championships along the way. What's the standout moment for you from that time? What single event will you perhaps remember most about Georgia's 29-game winning streak? Man, great question. Uh, I've got to start with game one. I've got to. And it's not Keely Ringo, and it's not um, the Brock Bowers touchdown, and it's not Georgia stepping on the neck of Bama and, and finally breaking a lot of those curses. Brandon, I, I can cover Georgia hopefully 40 more years, something like that, 30 more years, something like that. Brandon, I don't know if I'll ever have a throat, you know, welling up in your throat. Uh, you know, let me, who's cutting onions in here moment, quite like when Vince Dooley found Kirby Smart on the floor of Lucas yeah. Hole Stadium after that win. Uh, it, 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 I'll never forget it, man. I, I will never forget it. I could be long-winded about that, but I won't. That, that to me... I'll never see a greater moment in Georgia football history than that one. That's the intersection of past, present, and future all right there. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. It really, truly was. It's one of those things that we're all thankful we got a chance to see, and obviously the future is bright for UGA, but boy, the recent past has been really special, and taking some time during this time of year to perhaps think about some of those kinds of things, never a bad thing to do. Jeff, we appreciate that. We'll look forward to being back, speaking to you again in our normal situation next week on all the things happening for Georgia in its recruiting battles, both for the, I guess, remainder of the 2024 class, but perhaps most importantly for the 2025 class and beyond. So we'll look forward to doing that with you then, and we appreciate you being here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger here today. Can't wait for it, man. Can't wait to see that five-star tan, man. Take it easy. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Good to have a conversation with Jeff Sintel right there. A uh, lot of fun indeed. And speaking of fun, we'll transition now to cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And this transition comes with the knowledge that I am now on my way back home from a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. Never an easy thing to wake up knowing that it's time to leave the lap of luxury you've been living in and head back to the real world but you do so with a smile on your face because you know that your next royal caribbean cruise vacation is perhaps not too far away so we are doing that and thinking about that here today and the excitement for me is knowing that the next time i'm going to be on board a royal caribbean cruise ship it's going to be with all of you as a part of our dog nation cruise now on monday when i'm back here i can't wait to tell you about what icon of the seas was like and how things are just so much fun on the ship when you see like kind of the suspended uh you know zero we call it like the zero grav not zero gravity but anyway the uh, uh just the unbelievable stuff on board icon of the seas the aqua dome in the center of the ship all the entertainment specialty restaurants and just the fun stuff to be had there can't wait to come and tell you more about that 
when I'm back here on Monday. And, of course, Jessica Slater can also tell you all about the Dog Nation cruise coming up in April. Or if you want your own experience on board Icon of the Seas, you can have that there. Utopia of the Seas, it debuts in July. Can we bring the music down just a tiny little bit, if you don't mind? Uh, all of that on board and are ready to go for the brand new year royal caribbean believes that a great royal caribbean cruise vacation made even better when you've got a, a terrific travel agent helping you plan it jessica slater she'll work with you at no charge to you royal caribbean pays her for the good work that she does on your behalf so give her a call 770-718-9147 that's 770-718-9147 you can also email her jslater at dreamvacations.com and you can check out royaldogs.com of course dogs spelled the way it's supposed to be d-a-w-g-s for all the information you need about the upcoming dog nation cruise all right cruise around the sec final look at the teams in the sec this is sort of our way too early preview of kind of where these teams stand post signing day post first portal window pre-spring practice still you know a good bit in front of spring practice here so final snapshot of three teams let me start with the texas longhorn still seems a little bit strange to think about texas as an sec team but that is what the longhorns are and you've heard us say now a few times that we think that texas is currently positioned for success in the sec steve sarkeesian i think deserves a lot of credit for what he did this past year it is no small thing that texas had not won the big 12 since 2009 so the fact that sarkeesian in the final year for the longhorns in the league got that done that's a real legitimate accomplishment in the college football playoff did not be washington but you know gave it a game effort and certainly was competitive in what was one of the better national semifinal games we've seen in the playoff era and now coming into the sec quinn ewers is coming back arch manning is waiting the wings they've been very active in bringing in transfer wide receivers we think texas is a pretty big deal and a lot of people have obviously noticed in the absence of nick saban as kind of the respected top college football coach it creates a big opportunity for kirby smart we've talked about that ourselves but another coach for whom that's also true is steve sarkeesian less so than kirby because kirby's already already had a good bit more success but sarkeesian who's been a head coach a couple different spots maybe now at texas perhaps at texas for the long haul gets a chance to now fully cement his own coaching resume here with the longhorns and in the sec we believe they're set up to do pretty well texas a&m a little less certain here obviously the aftermath of the jimbo fisher era leaves a little bit of a mess to clean up there in college station but the one thing we do believe is that mike elko is a really good coach and you know when you know it could have been mark stoops or it could have been this could have been that elko is obviously not that famous to a lot of people but elko what he did there in durham at duke at times was pretty impressive and so we believe that elko can also be set up to at least do better at texas a&m than jimbo fisher previously did and the long list of things i've been wrong about i don't know that ultimately i've ever been more wrong about anything than i have uh, about what i thought the jimbo fisher could do at texas a&m as a coach that had previously won a national championship clearly that didn't happen the promise of the great 2022 recruiting class never quite came together and so now you're left to sort of figure out what's next the challenge here is and we've said this now about arkansas and some of the other teams that the western portion of the sec is so much deeper and so much trickier and for a team like texas a&m the cachet you have had was you were the sec team in the state of texas well now you're not the only sec team in the state of texas so one of the clear jobs for mike elko here moving forward is 
How do you define your Aggies team, your version of this program, and how do you give it a distinctive identity uh, in comparison to uh, Texas, which obviously has so much going for it here right now? Interesting era we're about to enter into in College Station with a brand new coach, Mike Elko. And then finally, uh, one more team to mention here. You know, the thing about Vanderbilt moving forward in the SEC is going to be not what Vanderbilt does, but who Vanderbilt gets to play. Because in an age in which almost every of the SEC and the Big Ten teams, almost all of them are going to be playing much tougher schedules here moving forward, there are going to be some moments when you get the schedule break, and Vanderbilt is going to represent the schedule break for some teams. And especially if one of your SEC road games is at Vanderbilt, the way the Texas, they have a road game at Vanderbilt here for this upcoming year. When you draw that, that you'll know is sort of your year to have the somewhat easier schedule and you you know you sort of hate to put that on Vanderbilt obviously but this is a team that's only in the SEC because of the academic cachet they once brought the league they've essentially been very good at cashing the league's checks without doing a whole lot to contribute to the overall financial windfall of the conference and so now they just sort of represent the easiest win for whoever can get it and you know Georgia doesn't have Vanderbilt on its schedule for this upcoming season but when teams do that is when you'll know they sort of have the schedule break in place so that's sort of the unfortunate distinction that Vanderbilt's going to have moving forward we'll make that cruising around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean and for the final time here this week but perhaps not for the final time here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger let's get ready to check in on Kaylee's corner here Kaylee Manziel so Kaylee before you turn the tables and ask me some questions here for the last time uh, I gotta ask you how much have you enjoyed Kaylee's corner this week how fun has that uh, been for you are you satisfied with the debut of this uh, segment uh, here on Dog Nation Daily this week so when you called me what would have been, I guess, two Fridays ago at this point, and you told me that you had this idea to bring me into a segment on Dog Nation Daily, I told you my exact words were, wow, that diet Dr. Pepper must have been extra crisp <laughs> this morning because I was just so shocked that you asked me to be a part of this. And anytime I get the opportunity to work with you on air, I'm going to take it because not only are you my coworker, but you're also a great friend. I, I'm sure everybody knows that you're like my work father at least that's what i call you and so i was very grateful for the opportunity to do this and hopefully it's like a hint hint wink wink that this won't be the last time that this happens so what i'm impressed by is the fact that you're already doing sort of the show math in your head because the one thing we do around here and we try not to have to pre-record a lot of episodes but every now and then you know something happens i have to be away from work and when you do you pre-record and so you're always trying to think okay what day is it for me but what day is it for the audience that's listening and the truth is i probably get this right about half the time our gator hater update or we run at the end of the show who knows if that's right i did the best that i could just sort of do the math on that i just try to do the best that i can but i do appreciate the fact that you're doing show math in your head of oh this is two fridays ago for the people who are listening to us here right now so i certainly appreciate that well i've always said the only math that i know are dates and money i mean that there is like go. where we draw the line i can multiply and divide but when you start getting into the other math forms that's where you lose me all right so i don't want to lose you here so let's give you a chance to ask me a couple of questions this is what we do on kaylee's corner normally i ask the questions uh i like to have control of the microphone but when we have kaylee's corner i am completely reversing the situation you have total control over the conversation i have no idea what you're about to ask no idea where all of this is going so somewhat nervously i will cede the floor over to you oh come on you shouldn't be nervous we're gonna we're gonna go back on some Sintel's intel we had a chance to talk to jeff Sintel earlier today get all his insight on the 2024 guys but i want to know who is brandon adams most excited to see from this 2024 class in the red and black 
Well, obviously, Jeff Sintel, what he said earlier about Nate Frazier, certainly gets me excited about that. And I do believe that Frazier could be set up for a really good year. But being back in Miami for the Orange Bowl, honestly, I could give a lot of answers here. But the thing that comes to my mind is being back in Miami and just seeing how Joseph Jonah Johnye looked, the defensive lineman. People know we've been talking about this a lot. Georgia really needs to replenish its defensive line and kind of get back to being the dominant group that it was in 2021 and 2022. And it takes elite players to be able to do that. And asking too much from Jonah Johnny in his first year with the program, that's perhaps not an easy thing to do or maybe even a wise thing to do. But boy, when you see the way that he looks, even to begin his career, and I believe he's only 17 years old, uh, and it, you know, you're just good-looking guy, very impressive, great shot of him. And uh, you know, from that standpoint, I just think that's a guy that could really be special for Georgia. And seeing so many of those guys go through the bowl practices, Kaylee, just gets you really excited about what that entire group can kind of be here. Uh, just a really, really fun new era of Georgia football being welcomed in by this great, you know, number one class here in the class of 2024. So I have two more for you right here. This Please. first one can go any sort of way you want, but you have to give us a reason behind it. Okay. All right. All right. You have to eliminate a program from the sec but you also have to add a program to the sec who would you take away and who would you bring in i would eliminate vanderbilt now uh, we talked about this actually a little earlier that vanderbilt is very good at taking the sec's money but vanderbilt's not very good at making the sec any money so uh they're the one that i would get rid of uh i just i, I just think that they are kind of you know they're basically More college football's <laughs> yeah, they're basically college football's version of corporate welfare. They just are they're just, you know, raking it in without doing much to contribute to it. So I would get rid of them. If I could bring somebody in, who would I want to bring in? Mm-hmm. Um I think that now we know if the SEC could bring in anybody, I believe they'd want to bring in North Carolina and Virginia. I think they'd like to keep contiguous states. That's a word that Greg Sankey uses a lot. Uh, He likes the idea of expansion, but expansion in a way that sort of makes some geographic sense. But is that the one that I would want? Uh, Would I want that? I mean, I would say that it doesn't probably make the league more money, but the two schools that are not currently in the SEC that are probably the most, I think, in keeping with our culture are probably Florida State or Clemson. So I'll say Florida State. I mean, plus Georgia just beat them by 60 points. So, uh, you know, perhaps there'd be more of that in the future there as well. So I would kick Vanderbilt off the island, but I might be willing to welcome in Florida State in. That'd be you know tougher competition of course but i just think when it comes to a cultural thing you know georgia should probably play florida state more than it does i actually brought that up to kirby smart in that Mm -hmm. final press conference before the orange bowl that these two schools could have a rivalry with each other so let me bring in florida state to the sec and maybe georgia can beat them by uh, 10 touchdowns a few more times so at this point you're coming home from your royal caribbean that's right that's right but what's the first adult beverage you're going to consume when you get on board you think so obviously in theory here um when i'm outside clearly you know the finished long drinks what you love it's not always available on a cruise ship like that so sometimes you have to go to something different so my sort of outdoor drink of choice i like a little you know a little vodka with like a sprite or a seven up i could do something like that something kind of clear when i'm at the pool now indoors at nighttime i'm a little bit more of probably like a bourbon or a scotch if you want to have an adult beverage that's probably a little bit more of the direction that i would go but sometimes that's a little bit weird to sort of drink outside of the pool so if we're outside the ship's setting sail everybody's kind of got the 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 music going and the you know the the tropical attire 
it's probably something clear probably a little vodka with some sprite or some seven up or something along those lines that is generally speaking the way that i'm probably going if our friends at the finished long drink aren't available yeah uh, no dark liquor before dark i get it is that the rule yeah yeah i just made that up on the spot so if anybody's going to use that from here on out please uh i should go ahead and trademark that. there have been plenty of game days in athens where that was not true for me (laughs) honestly compels me to admit but probably not a uh, bad way to live how about for you what would your choice be i'm a moscow mule drinker that's That's right i'm a creature of habit i'm just like you i always go back to the same thing but sponsor side i love a finished long drink if they had that on a cruise i would i would take that over everything so and i don't even like gin here's the thing about, here's the thing about like a moscow mule i feel like that it that it's a little too specialized for me it has to come in like the copper cup and it's got what ginger beer is that the thing like i wouldn't even know where to find that like i, I feel like to me drinks should be poured not made and anything that requires like a special cup and special ingredients that's probably a little fancier than i probably deserve you can find ginger beer at your local Kroger, Brandon. Come well, there on. There you go. See, that's a great plug to wrap it up. See, Kaylee is a true pro all the way around. So we'll enjoy the Moscow Mule coming up with Kaylee on the Dog Nation cruise there as well. And with that, we'll also wrap it up here on a Friday there too. Sure enough, Kaylee's done a great job on our uh, Kaylee's Corner here on the show. And no doubt we'll get a chance to do that with her sometime in the very future there too. And by the way, speaking of the future, when we come back here on Monday, in some form or fashion, and the honest truth is I really don't know exactly what it's going to be, but we're going to be doing the show from a brand new studio. Now, eventually, we're going to be rolling out the entirety of the thing. Will we roll all of that out on Monday? We'll find out. It's going to be fun either way. So we're looking forward to all of that. Thank you so much for your continued support of our show, even during a week, which I haven't been able to be here live. I really, really appreciate that. And I look forward to a really fun 2024 with all of you there as well. There are so many cool things going on for Dog Nation and obviously for Georgia football. We just can't wait to have those conversations. And the conversation that you know we'll have with you each and every day is making fun of those lousy, stinking gators. Because it's now been 1,175 days, and I do believe that number's right, 1,175 days since Florida's beaten Georgia. That is our Gator Hater Update. We'll see you Monday, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger.